0: So first, I I just want to welcome everyone. Thanks for being here today and uh, for for joining us and those of you online as well. And um, hopefully you got a a, a worship guide when you came in this morning. And if you are online, you can find that on our website. You can follow along in the sermon notes today. And and so today we're we're wrapping up, which I think is very appropriate. We're wrapping up a series today about dreams, start dreaming again. And I believe that that the Lord um his God's kingdom come, his will be done, is a dream that he has that we are called to take part in while we are here. This isn't about a a escape hatch to heaven. It's about also right here and now and how we live out the kingdom. So um we've been talking about dreams and I have to say I have had many a conversation about different types of dreams with many a person uh, in our congregation, as well as uh, some folks I've met in the community, Um, some dreams that are like the, you know, the aspiration type of dreams, like a a student I talk to who has a certain uh, goal. She wants to be a social worker and she wants to impact lives and amazing stuff like that. And then I've also had like legitimate dreams, like the sleepy time dreams, like Pastor Chris, what does this mean? Um, and um, there's been lots of interesting ones. I, I don't know, has anybody here ever had a weird dream in your life? If you didn't, I, I don't know, um, have you ever had, who dreams in color? I was thinking about this, who dreams in color? Anybody dream in black and white? Yeah, if you're in, uh, online, you can say your responses in the chat there. Um, who has ever dreamed that you were, like, underwater? Anybody? Yeah? Somebody, so, anybody ever dreamed that you were, like, naked? Like, yes. Yeah, I got lots of nodding, get a lot of hands raised for that one. But, um, but, but I'm sure that, that, you know, we've all had kinds of weird dreams. And like I said, some of you told me yours. And I have to say, I'm not Joseph. I had no idea what those mean. Zero, nope, nada, I'm not dream interpreter. But, but when we're talking about the kind of dreams that God gives us, that sometimes they do occur in our, in our sleep. Um, but the majority of dreams, they, they kind of bubble up from inside from inside is as something that's planted in our heart that that might be a we might describe it as for me like it was a call from God this kind of still small voice inside kind of a almost a tap on the shoulder um just a feeling to step out to maybe step away to to maybe stay uh, it whatever that might be and for many of us we've had to have patience and resilience to keep a dream alive when it felt like we were moving further and further away And and so last week in our series, we're kind of wrapping this up today, but last week we spoke of the story we want to leave behind and the story of legacy and questioning, you know, what story do I and those who come after me, my children, my children's children, uh, my friends, my neighbors, what story do I want to be able to tell? You know, what story do I want them to be able to tell? And so today, though, as we're wrapping things up, um, I want to ask what I think is the most important question of our series. And that question is why? Why? We believe that God is in our lives. He's acting in our world. He's guiding us. Though sometimes, as in the story we've been unpacking in the book of Genesis, he's kind of hidden. You don't see him at work until you look backwards. But today we're going to ask what every four-year-old tends to ask the question of why right why why does god give us dreams why does he give us dreams and plant these things in our hearts or give a call to step out to step away to step in um And sometimes dreams roll out how you imagine. Sometimes they play out a little bit differently. Um, But we're going to talk about this question of why and study the end, the very end of the book of Genesis, which is the end of the story of Joseph. But what's interesting, in this part of the story, it really loops back to the beginning. It loops back to the beginning to the beginning of Joseph's story when we've all rewind all the way to the beginning those dreams that God gave him at age 17 that wound up years and years later being fulfilled but in the meantime as we've discussed over the last several weeks there's been lots of setbacks lots of backwards motion further and further from the dream but eventually Joseph's story is defined by what we'd say is good fortune, in essence. Good fortune. It's kind of the early rags to riches story. If Joseph had dreamed that he would become a big deal, he's it. He's it here. He's in power. He's in authority. He's saving people. And so the story, of course, could have ended there when Joseph is in that position of power he's reconciled with his family and brothers he's in the middle of a famine but provided for so many people it could have ended there because it seems at that point like the dream has been completely fulfilled right but yet the story is not done there's a closing chapter a closing chapter that happens even after joseph and his brothers their father passes away and i think it's in this kind of plot twist this kind of addendum to the story where i think we get that answer to why why does god give us dreams so the story doesn't really come to full circle until the end in chapter 50 and so jacob who is joseph's father he passes away and we talked about his sickness and his wishes and his legacy last week but of course, as in any passing that you have a, a family member who's meant something, you know Joseph is super sad, and he's seen weeping in the beginning of the chapter. he's mourning over the loss of his father, and so he and some others, they take jo- uh, Jacob's body to a spot in Canaan that that um, Abraham had purchased many years ago, who's kind of the great great grandfather um, but most of us can relate that um, upon the death of a parent or a significant family member, doesn't the sibling dynamic change? If you've been there and experienced that, <clears throat> you're like, yep, it sure is, right? The sibling dynamic changes, especially when someone who's been in a kind of an authority figure in the family has passed away. And I've, I've worked with many a family and individuals who've kind of been through that situation and what a mess it can be with inheritance stuff, right? You have people that like, Brothers and sisters that like go to war against each other, they kind of turn personalities, and so <clears throat> that's kind of the feeling that we're stepping into in this part of the story. So we're going to look at Genesis chapter fifty verses fifteen through twenty, just um, six verses here that kind of wrap up this part of the story. <clears throat> so scripture tells us when Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said what if, what if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrongs we did to him? So they sent word to Joseph, saying, Your father left these instructions before he died. This is what you are to say to Joseph. I ask you to forgive your brothers the sins and the wrongs they committed in treating you so badly. Now please, please forgive the sins of the servants of God, your father. When their message came to him, Joseph wept. He's crying a lot in this story. He's wept. His brothers then came and threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves, they said. But Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good, to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives so then don't be afraid I will provide for you and your children and he reassured them and spoke kindly to them so there's a lot that's packed into this scene here and the first thing we notice is that this has not been the first time that Joseph has been with his brothers of course they've been with him and yet they still sense that he's going to come after them and kind of seek revenge once dad is out of the picture But we know for a fact that this was not kind of fake reconciliation. This wasn't surface level, like, okay, we're going to make nice, nice, and then dad gets away, and then, hi, I got you guys, right? I'm going to get back at you now. We see that Joseph forgives them for real. He's moved. He's moved to the point of, of tears at even thinking about this. See, his reconciliation with his brothers who had had taken him and thrown him into a pit and sold him into slavery and lied to their dad and and all this, he's been reconciled for that. He forgave. They've been reconciled. It's complete. But this is the relationship that the story concludes with and focuses on. So so let's, let's pause here because let me say something about this kind of set of relationships and I think why the story focuses the end here. Well, I think when it comes to dreams, we need to look at the importance of relationships in life, at the importance of people see at the beginning everybody thought that joseph's dream was about rising up in position uh, but really it was about the relationships in joseph's life that were going to become most important that's what makes the dream come full circle achievement to a position was not enough that's not really what this was about god's dream was just as much about relationships in this sense and i think we need to take this as a reminder because we usually think of dreams as an achievement thing as an achievement of something we don't usually think about dreams in, re- in regards to relationships in our lives and i think that brings something very important to the surface here is that we shouldn't pursue a dream at the expense of people we may chase dreams for things right but sometimes what happens is we sacrifice people in the process we run them over like a railroad train Um, for instance i I had a friend who um she had a boss that they nicknamed the high priest you know why they did that because they like sacrifice people all the time they turned over staff like every single year in that workplace. And so, like, oh, there's another sacrificial lamb, you know, going to the office there. And it was like this ongoing crazy, crazy thing. And, And this boss, in her words, had this idea of kind of like raising this company, increasing profits, all this kind of thing, at the expense of the people who were there. At the expense of the people who were there. See, sometimes we make the mistake, thinking that the dreams that God gives us are solely about things to accomplish. But our dreams aren't just about that. They need to take into account the people God has entrusted us with and put around us. And sometimes, you know, we take these personality tests and we're a high believer here in, in the kind of the strength finders. Maybe you've taken a disc profile, that kind of thing. We'll get this. Sometimes we use those things to say, well, then I'm not, I'm not a relational person, so that way I can destroy people, right? Or I can be mean to people or I can do whatever I want because I'm not supposed to be a relational person anyway, right? I'm a high D personality or I'm a, I'm an achiever. I'm a commander, you know, but that's, that's absolutely not true. That's crazy because it's about relationships. That's what scripture teaches us. You see Joseph's dream couldn't be complete until those relationships had been made right. We need to be careful not to pursue dreams at the expense of relationships with people. And so that's why we see that God fundamentally gives us those dreams in the first place. And we see how Joseph is really making sense of it all at this point. What's really interesting in the the whole story uh, in Genesis, all about Joseph, we see that Joseph doesn't speak much. Really, if you rewind all the way back to the beginning, what is it? Chapter 37 or so, you see Joseph doesn't say many things. He doesn't speak. But when he does speak we begin to see what it's all about and so the writer here is really emphasizing these words in verse 20 where he says you intended to harm me but god intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done the saving of many lives what he's not saying is that god caused all of this to happen He's not saying, well, God threw me in the pit and God threw me into slavery and God caused all this famine-type stuff that's going on that's destroying people. He's saying, no, God is using it. He's intending it to turn something terrible and make something good, to bring something good out of it. This was the reason all along. See, he's saying simply, God did this so I can serve others. It goes back to the initial dreams the initial dreams where the first where there's kind of these 12 stalks of grain and 11 bow down to his and then uh, there's 12 stars and they all bow down to his and at the time nobody really knew what that was but the purpose was to pursue a dream to be a blessing to people to pursue a dream to be a blessing to people the bowing was not about a position The bowing was about a relationship that needed focus and needed rekindling. See, I think Joseph at the beginning, kind of the the young person he was, he was kind of arrogant. He thought he was better than all his brothers. We kind of get that sense. He was favored by his dad, given gifts. He thought initially that it was about being significant, about getting what he wants. But I think by, as the years go by, as over 22 years plus go by, we see that It was never really about his importance it was never about his influence it was always about god positioning him to bless and to save other people see finally at the end of the story we see a transformation completely in the the young joseph to the old joseph we see a transformation because at the end he understands something that's so simple but it's so important for us to hear today god blessed him so he could be a blessing god blessed him god made gave him these dreams so that he could be a blessing in the lives of other people and i think that's not just true of joseph i think that's true for everyone sitting here i think it's true for you it's true for me God gives us dreams for this one reason, this really one dream for this exact same reason. And and you know what's interesting, in my conversations over the the years of the ministry that I've been doing, and when I've kind of seen someone uh, start out as kind of a spiritual child or a spiritual infant and see them grow into like a spiritual young adult and then a spiritual parent that they're pouring into others, and I talk to them about it. What's really interesting is when I ask them about, well, when was there a time in your life that God really stretched your faith and grew you? When they describe that instance that God really stretched their faith and grew them, when faith became, their faith in Jesus became real and they saw God at work, most of the time they've told me about a time when they were invited to take part in some sort of way of serving others. When they had felt a God nudge. And what they, most of them have related, almost all of the time, they say that they were hesitant to say yes because they didn't feel equipped to do it. But they're so glad that they did because of the growth that it happened maybe they didn't feel equipped or didn't have the time but they'll say, say time I remember this this one gentleman like time and time again he's like yeah somebody like said they saw something in me and I was like I don't see that and okay he said I'll give it a try and wound up serving in this ministry and pouring into these fifth grade these fifth graders that he got to watch grow up through high school and see their faith come alive and he's like you know what I never thought I would like do that but I saw what happened And I was willing, even though I didn't know what I was doing at the time. See, a dream often changes when we're willing, when we're willing to take that step, when we see the capacity for others' lives to be changed, not just ours, not just about, say, making money or moving up in a position, or even a a career or an achievement, maybe something in your family. See, those things, it, there's only really been ever one dream that God has had for his people. And it all started with Jacob's grandfather, Abraham. When we rewind towards the beginning of Genesis, in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, we see this. We see this reflected there because the Lord had said to Abraham, he said, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and i will bless you remember the source of our blessing is from him i will bless you i will make your name great and you will be what blessing you'll be a blessing i will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you i will curse and all peoples on earth will be what blessed through who you through you see guys the the blessing often looks different it looks different for different people. And, and we think of the word blessing overall. You know, what does it mean? You know, how do we use it in language? If I go to the mall and I get like one of those prime parking spots, I'm like, whoo, Lord, I'm blessed, right? Pull right up there, getting my, you know, it's especially cold out. Yeah, amen to that, right? Or, or you get a good report, right? Or you get, you know, a pat on the back from the boss or promotion. You're like, I am blessed, right? Or it's like you're going to have something outside. You know, I know a couple people that have been kind of like doing the outdoor wedding thing, even in the winter, and they got beautiful weather, and they're like, ah, we are blessed, right? So usually, you know, you enter maybe a contest or a sporting match, and you're playing the game, and you're like, oh, we won. I am blessed. That's how we usually talk, right? What if blessing is actually a purpose? What if it's a little bit? different than just for about weather and parking spaces and good reports what about the words you will be a blessing not just receive blessing but you will be a blessing what if you are the answer to someone else's prayer what if your te- stepping out is is a solution that maybe somebody has been seeking see we see from abraham that that blessing that vision of blessing that dream of blessing was passed down the family tree you some of us some families have traditions right that we pass down from generation to generation they usually come up around like christmas time or the holidays or maybe somebody's getting married or having a baby um but do you know that we can pass down that vision of blessing as well that's what abraham did See, it matters what we pass down. And Joseph sees that the dream, looking back to Abraham, has never really been about him. It's always about blessing the lives of other people. And I think that's where his story and our story intersect. And so so hear this today, that wherever you are and whatever you've been through, in whatever ways God has blessed you or given a dream, you are blessed to be a blessing. Just like Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph were blessed for that one reason. And so Joseph, it's really interesting, reflect on all the scenes back in his story. Wherever he was, he chose to be a blessing to others. Think about when when he he was in prison, he made places better, even prison. Isn't that crazy, right? He blessed Pharaoh. Pharaoh. He blessed, and Egypt became better, right? Maybe you're meant to be a blessing to the Egypt or your pharaoh. I don't know. God was playing out his dream the entire time. So what I want you to take away from this message today and our series as a whole. First, you will have a lot of dreams. I hope you do. I pray you do. Some will play out as you hoped. Others will surprise you. Others will play out much differently, and you will have many a uh, plot twist and a turn, and there'll be valleys, and there'll be there'll be will val- be valleys, and there'll be peaks. But the same reason for the dream will always be the same—to be a blessing. So you may have material resources. Our church father John Wesley—he talked about this, and he he said about like saving all you can, giving all you can, right? be a blessing maybe you have many relationships you're good with people you're easy at making friends maybe you wonder why maybe it's to be a blessing maybe at school you're you're a great student you're super super smart compared to those some students that are struggling around you maybe it's to be a blessing maybe you'll find your dreams will move you some will keep you in one spot maybe the reason is to be a blessing Some of us will go through hardships that we can't imagine. We'll be refined through trials and we'll wonder why. God will get you through, but maybe he can also use that darkness to be a blessing. Maybe you find yourself in a place of leadership at work or in the church or in your community or as a coach. Maybe you've been blessed with that position to be a blessing. Some of us will have amazing families and stories and raise incredible talent. And have beautiful homes maybe those are all meant to be a blessing some will suffer through things that make absolutely no sense but all will discover that god has been with you in a very unique way even in those times maybe god has done that to be a blessing to share hope even us here at table life church our facility what we do as a, as a people in our ministry, our outreach, with people in our community as well as around the world, to bless others. We're not here for ourselves. You know, that, that's what a country club is, right? You're here for yourselves. We're not a country club. We're here to bless other people, to be a blessing, to use what we have, to steward our facilities and finances and events and our gifts. How many gifts are represented here? To do that, to be a huge blessing to a world that we look around and looks very, very dark, right? See, this is the theme, friends, from the very beginning of the dream all the way to Jesus. See, God loves us and guides us and forgives us and calls us to be a blessing because of it. Even to the point that if you know John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he sent only son jesus endured what he did for us and for you and and as a matter of passing it on passing it forward to be a blessing god is going to lay dreams in our hearts and you will always have an opportunity to bless in that blessing we take a step closer to the life that god wants us to live to the kingdom he wants us to build And i hope that you dream a god-sized dream i hope you dream that dream and i hope you chase it i hope that you're resilient and when the opportunity arises you see it and you seize it i hope that you choose to live in the upper story that god is writing but you know this guys god might use you to save the lives of many or even just one and your job even if you struggle with dreaming to begin with, is to figure out and ask the question, how God is blessing me? Because there, you will discover what, how God is calling you to be a blessing. And I can tell you the best dream that there is is not mine, is not yours, but it's the Lord's.